Welcome back to Miserable and Reckless, where we bring you unfiltered opinions on sports, music, culture, and all things the South. As always, I'm Logan, sitting here with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan. Make sure you guys go and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Give us five stars. Give us good reviews. Uh, check out our Twitter page, our Facebook page. We'll have some good content there for you. Uh, and also, we will be putting some links to all of our Bless Your Heart segments. All right, let's jump right back into things with the good, bad, and the ugly. Morgan, if you want to kick things off. Okay, let's see here. The good. Uh, oh, it was great spending time with the family yesterday. Thanksgiving, I was, we had a really good day. Waking up all the way to uh, the end of the night. Brody ate a lot of his food for Thanksgiving, which was really good. He enjoyed the sweet potato casserole. He loved it. Um, it was all around good day for that. Uh, let's see, what was my good? Oh, oh, how about the Washington football team, formerly known as the Washington Redskins, beat the crap out of the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. That was great. Um, Antonio Gibson, I think, what was it, uh, three rushing touchdowns for a rookie? First time, uh, last one to do that was uh, Barry Sanders, I believe. So that was pretty cool. Uh, let's see. First place. Yes, first place. Um, count. <laughs> also, another good. I have a couple of goods. Uh, Virginia Tech uh, won their first basketball game yesterday. Be it against Radford University, but they are one and zero. And on their wrong with Radford. Nothing wrong with Radford at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see the bad. Okay, let's just keep it with. The usual hair, Virginia Tech, just all all over the entire football program. I'm not going to break it up to bad and ugly with them. I'm just going to give them the entire category of bad. It's just bad. It. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, ugly. Uh, Syracuse. I mean, can you please exit the the left door? And this is not a suggestion. This is an actual eviction notice. Like you are horrible. You couldn't even manage. 50 yards passing and you're lost. You're, you're, uh, you're shut out. <laughs> so Syracuse, you suck. Goodbye. All right, Dustin. <laughs> Tells from grumpy Morgan this morning. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, this is our first morning broadcast. So if we're all a little, uh, not as sharp as usual, <laughs> I know I, I haven't mean, been, I haven't been as awake as long as the two dads and they've been busy with children. So <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't too grumpy. Was it? I mean, Syracuse sucks. We all agree. Right. <laughs> uh, it's true. Um, Thanksgiving is my, is my good. Um, it's a wonderful time of year, allows us all to get together with our families, catch up and remind us why we only get together once or twice a year. So I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm actually a big advocate for Thanksgiving and Christmas as like family holidays. I love the idea that you, you spend it with your family. Um, we did it, uh, this, that this year we went and spent time with Jenny's family yesterday. So you know, several generations, uh, great grandma, or my daughter's great grandmother, her grandparents, me and Jenny and her all in the same house, you know, having uh, a meal together and spending some time together. And I think that's special. And I think it's important for us to, you know, take a little bit of time and enjoy that and remember, uh, you know, how much we love each other and care about each other. And it was just fun to do that. Um, 
especially in a year when it's been so weird and especially in a year that we've spent so much less time with one another. Uh, I was, I was thankful and grateful for that. Um, and I, you know, just wanted to use that as my good this week. Cause it, it is nice. The holidays are, are a good time of year, you know, be sure you, even if you don't see your family, be sure you call them and, and let them know you care about them. So, um, bad Gardner Webb. Thanks for getting COVID. Uh, I was supposed to start basketball season on Wednesday and these guys can't keep their players straight. So now someone tested positive for COVID couldn't start basketball season. Thanks. So, uh, and then not instead of ugly, I guess it could be ugly. I don't know. Sad, I guess is what I'm going to go with. Um, Really, there's going to be, you know, it, this isn't that different from college football, but there's no, going to be no fans across most of college basketball this year, which I think yeah. is kind of sad. Um, we're already dealing, you know, with, with that with football, but I don't know. When you go to these arenas and you pack out, you know, places as big as, as the Dean Dome or even places like Cameron or, and, or even Castle, when, like, Duke comes to town and plays down in Blacksburg, that place goes nuts. Like it's a special experience and it's sad that some of these kids who are only going to spend one year in college basketball will not experience that sad for the fans who don't get to experience it. Uh, The, the positive is we do get to watch college basketball this year. I think there's going to be some hiccups along the way and there's going to be some cancellations and crazy schedules, but at least we have it. Um, So I'm not ungrateful for it. It's just going to be weird. I also saw that uh, NC state senior, DJ Funderburk said uh, about the new environments of no fans. To be completely honest with you, I would rather play with no fans. I think it just really shows who can play the game. So, don't know if I agree with that, but that's his opinion, and well, I want to bring it I'm up. Sure, I'm sure. I'm sure that you don't agree with it because uh, Cameron Indoor gives Duke about a ten point advantage going into every game. We'll see how good Duke actually is this year with without yeah. the Cameron Crazies mm-hmm. being loud. Uh, Duke would win without Cameron, but it, it, it helps to have it. I'm not going to pretend like it doesn't. Just like it helps to have the 12th man at A&M hey, look, go I'm, to Death Valley. I'm just saying, last around. year when the students went home for the holiday, Stephen F. Austin came into Cameron Indoor and upset the Blue Devils. So it's, it, it's going to hey. be every game this year. Wow, wow. What is Wolfpack going to do about that rowdy crowd at, at PNC Arena, man? Rowdy crowd for yeah. what, Metallica? <laughs> <laughs> So that's Notice, my good, the bad, and the sad. That opened up me to go on a mini rant, though. It's a damn shame <laughs> that back in they moved away from Reynolds because I Reynolds, agree. Reynolds back in the day, if you listen to any of the old timers, they say it was louder than Cameron Indoor Stadium because it was built, it was designed similar to Cameron Indoor but bigger. And it, it's just a shame that they moved away from Reynolds Coliseum. But anyways. I digress. It's just another long line of bad decisions at NC State. 100%. 100%. Starting around <laughs> 1990, they just started to just make horrible decisions, and now we are where we are. Wait, That's what happens when you don't have competent leadership. <laughs> what's it going to take to move them back to Reynolds? We can't. Uh, men's basketball can't ever move back to Reynolds because yeah. the um, they remodeled it and put a Hall of Fame in there, so the capacity has been cut to like 6,000. It used to be like 12,000. So we're playing in Reynolds this year uh, for most of our home games because of no fans. So that's going to be kind of cool to watch. But we'll, we'll never be able to go back to Reynolds full time uh, after it was renovated in the last few years. Six thousand fans are still somewhat filled it out. 
Yeah, but it's like the demand for tickets is too high for six thousand. They ideally need about a fifteen thousand uh, seat arena. Um, well, the only rip, time- out the hall- rip out that that one hallway of Hall of Fame and and yeah, what does the Hall of Fame celebrate? Russell Wilson. <laughs> Hey, we uh, we still have on on the most recent uh, list from CBS, I believe it was. We still have the number nineteen best uh, basketball program in the history of college basketball. So number nineteen, wow. Hey, hey, look at I don't even have to take a look at this list. (laughs) That's not even ranked. So enjoy that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, Ryan, (laughs) good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, we're tightening up. I'll point out that the one and done school of Duke pointed out it'd be such a shame for their one and dones not to play in front of fans. We don't have that problem in Carolina. Just pointing that out. Little old Carolina. Yeah, yeah little it's old quiet. Carolina. It's quiet at the Dean Dome, anyways. I've been to many games there. All the old <laughs> we people are sleeping where the students should be closer to the we sport. Keep, we keep our family for four years, but anyways. So, um, they we don't want to take a pay cut. Comments for later. They don't want to take a pay cut. <laughs> Sorry, we went on a rant there. Next. <laughs> so we covered – let's do it good. We covered Thanksgiving. Um, I appreciate it today to reflect on this year. I, it's tired at this point, but it really does seem like a once-in-a-lifetime experience to kind of slow down. Um, too often, my life in particular, I feel like resembles that Alabama song of um, I'm in a hurry to get things done. But uh, I, I think I'll look back honestly at this year in a couple of years and, and realized that, yeah, it was a year of hardships and loss, but it's also a period to really kind of refine what matters most. And so I will appreciate that in time. I hope if, if we can all make it through. Right. But at the same time, uh, I appreciated the day yesterday to do that. Obviously watched the Redskins game, enjoyed the text back and forth with the guys. Um, I'll go bad next. Uh, Virginia Tech and Cuse. I was going to go there, but that seems like an easy one. So I'm just going to take on the entire Big Ten instead. Uh, when are we just going to admit the Big Ten is a front for Ohio State? Like the Pac-12 is a front for Oregon. I, I, Michigan needed three overtimes to beat one and four Rutgers. Um, Penn State is 0-5. I'm glad you all came back. Your, your, your three biggest teams are Ohio State, Northwestern, and Indiana. So it's terrible. Bad. And then my great of the week is mullets. I really enjoyed the App State Coastal game on the surf turf. That was really cool. The coastal sideline was going nuts. I was cheering for App State, but it was really cool to see those guys celebrating and just just having a, a joyous festival down there. So w- way to go. Number 16, um, Coastal Carolina, Chanticleers. All right. So for me, I've got a, about three goods this week. Uh, one, I'll go over. <clears throat> I mean, it's been a good week. Um, one's already been mentioned multiple times here. Uh, the Redskins, you know, have swept the Cowboys for the first time since 2012. So that is uh, always a good year. One good thing came out of 2020. Also, uh, last week, the NC State defense played really well. Um, Liberty, you know, they're not a national power. They're not a school with any history whatsoever but they've had had a solid club this year came into carter finley and the defense just showed out all game long and uh while the offense couldn't get anything going they won the game by blocking a field goal towards the end to keep liberty from retaking the lead with a minute 23 seconds left good all-around effort by the defense and also the other good is also nc state related the basketball team finally got uh got back started and i don't care who you're playing they forced 32 turnovers against uh College of Charleston, and regardless of who it is, if you're playing a D1 school and you force 32 turnovers, that's that's pretty good. I'm excited about this 
uh, the NC State team this year, and we'll get into more of that later. But um, they played really well in the first game of the year at Reynolds Coliseum, nonetheless. But uh, bad the state of the Florida State program. Um, ESPN recently did an article talking about you know the the fall of of Florida State, and it, it is a it's a pretty good read, a long read, but definitely worth it. it it's sad to see where Florida State's at, but I, I'm not mad about it. I want to keep them down in the cellar as long as possible because anytime Atlantic Division teams want to start sucking, I'm okay with it because it benefits the North Carolina State Wolfpack. Ugly Syracuse, but I don't want to dog on them too much because we play them this weekend. So <laughs> that's my good, the bad, and the ugly. for If this anybody feels sad for Florida State, uh, look up their address and send them some shoes. <laughs> You played Charleston. You played Charleston Southern. Charleston oh, Southern, whatever. They, one of the, yeah, Carolina played college uh, Charleston, but one of them South Carolina college. Yeah, one of the schools that <laughs> didn't matter. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to uh, the weekend look ahead. Um, this weekend for me basically is just hanging out with. Uh, family today uh we have been doing thanksgiving last few years on friday so we're gonna have a uh, our uh lunch at grandma's today and then other than that you know just watching some sports for the weekend what do you guys got going on you take a little guy for a walk here after this is over and then uh probably watch some uh good uh irish game here a little bit later on uh playing some team in north carolina i don't know who i don't know if you guys know about him or not but (laughs) Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh it's similar for me. It's continuing to be like family and and friend related. Uh we're going to take uh, Jenny Jenny's other grandmother, or my daughter's great grandmother is has been rehabbing from a fall at a place uh not too far from here. So we're they allow you to come there and like spend a few minutes talking to her outside the a window basically. And so we're going to take our great granddaughter to actually meet her and say hello to her. And, uh, you know, she spent Thanksgiving alone. Her husband recently passed away and she's like 94 years old. So, um, we just want to make her go feel a little bit special and spend a little time with her. And then tomorrow we have, uh, a little going away thing for some of our really good friends from Kansas who are moving back in a week. We, we mentioned the K state crowd all the time on this podcast there. They're leaving town, heading back to, to, you know, continuing the family theme to be close to family. And um, we're going to miss them. Brett and Tina are good people. I enjoyed the Kentucky Derby with those guys. (laughs) Yep, they really are. All right, I'll go. Um, For me, it's the SEC this weekend. Um, I'm just I'm looking forward to that and watching that. There's a lot of really good games. Um, there's Alabama Auburn. For those that don't know, that's 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 like the game of the year every year down in Alabama. There's no professional teams down there, so they really gear up for this game. Hate each other. Uh, the, people joke about saying this, but they always it's the old time announcers always say like throw the scores out, throw the records out. So it's in Tuscaloosa, which is where Bama plays. So we'll see what happens. Co- Coach Saban is not coaching. He caught tested positive shall we say covid um again this week so that could be interesting but they've already been been the, through the ringer with this with the georgia game so um the egg bowl is really fun uh first of all crazy name second of all it's uh, mississippi state versus ole miss 
Um, so it's Mike Leach versus Lane Kiffin this year for the first year, which is just the two coaches are walking sound bites. Um, that's pretty funny. Uh, there's been a lot made of Ole Miss's wide receiver, Elijah Moore, as well. Um, the game's in Oxford. For those that don't know, anyone that hasn't been there, Oxford is like the place to tailgate. Um, so while I hope everyone's socially distanced, I hope everyone does have a good time down in Oxford today. Um, those two games are on at 3.30 and 4 o'clock, so that'll be kind of fun to switch back and forth between the two. Um, you know, there's another game that's on, but we'll get to that later. Um, LSU is playing Texas A&M. Um, that's, that, that could be a good game as well. It's in College Station. We already actually mentioned the 12th man on this podcast. So, um, And then later on tonight, it's Georgia versus South Carolina. So all throughout the day, you kind of got some real quality college football on a Friday. So that's that's what I'll be doing, and I'm sure Maybe I'll go not for Gamecocks. <laughs> I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a closer game than people think. This is a perfect Georgia like flop game. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm picking at you. Oh, I know. Okay, another thing I'm going to get into is that uh, Tech's playing Villanova this weekend. Their Temple game got canceled, and uh, Villanova decided to stay in their bubble wherever they're at and <laughs> add this game to their schedule. So it's pretty cool. Be be an interesting game for Tech because we can see just exactly how good I guess they are going to be this year. Sure. Yeah, I, I figured it would have been the uh, the Big Ten matchup that would have shown that, but this might be just um, one game before that. So. Yeah, it'll be a uh, it'll be a good measuring stick. That's for sure. Yeah. All right, moving on to our ACC week pick them. Uh, as always, as a reminder, the cumulative record so far, Dustin and Ryan are in first place with 52 and 17. Morgan is in second at 51 and 18. All because of tech. Yeah, and I'm lagging behind in third or fourth, really, at 49 and 20. And uh, a lot of that's just because I can't, in good conscience, pick the Wolfpack most week. So we'll see. I don't know what I'm going to do this week. Moving into uh, the first game of the week, it's a big one for the ACC. Um, we have a top 25 matchup between the number two Fighting Irish versus uh, the UNC Tar Heels. And uh, I'm going to throw it over to Angle, see what, see what you think, who's going to win. Carolina, because I have to. Because I don't, I don't really think they're going to win, but I have to cheer for them. I have to pick them. The game's in Chapel Hill. The line is five points. How is it it's five points against the number two team in the country? Um, it's one of the, it's, it really is I'm not just saying this one of the best offenses, especially our running rushing offense versus the best, the best defense. Uh, it's, it's a statement game for the heels. If they win, this would pro- it's probably the biggest win in the program's history. I don't think they've ever, I think I looked this up earlier this week. I don't think they've ever beaten a top three team in the country ever. Um, it's much like the Auburn game. Wait, really? I, I don't think they've ever done that. I can't even like, say in, even NC state's done that more than once. What? Beating a top three team in the country, Carolina. Don't, don't ask me that question. <laughs> I honestly don't think that they've done that. So, um, much like Ever. Auburn, I, I'm pretty sure I saw that on Twitter correctly. Yeah, that they've never done that before. Interesting. So, I mean, it would be a huge statement game. Um, they've obviously played Notre Dame recently in the last 10 years or so, and they've played them really close. The 2017 game, you, it was not fair. But the other games before that, we've we've won two of the last three before that and, and played them close in the game that we lost. We lost by a touchdown. I, I don't know what Javante Williams has to do to be noticed by the press. But the Brady games don't count. If he uh, – if he uh, – if Javante Williams, like, has a big game, like, maybe he'll get noticed by number two. I just – 
it is what it is. We'll, we'll pro- it's, it's nice to have it in Chapel Hill and it's nice to go in knowing that you're supposed to lose. So it's, it's a win-win, right? If, if we come out and we win, then, you know, it makes it real interesting at the top of the ACC. And if we lose, then yeah, it's another year, another, another, another challenge, but I'm looking forward to it. It's such a sad story, man. You make me feel bad for you. Crap. I'm I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I, I can't wait for it. I don't feel bad for him. I hope they put their foot on their throat and hold it there the whole game. <laughs> so, <laughs> Morgan, Notre Dame versus UNC. Well, with that said, um, I'm not going to feel too bad for him. So <laughs> <laughs> He's holding up an Irish towel, uh, towel or jacket or whatever. Jacket. Jacket. Rudy jacket. Nice. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> right, Dustin. Yeah, if anyone's ever listened to Miserable and Reckless, they know I hate Carolina. So, with that said, Carolina does have the best offense in the conference this year. Yep. Uh, and Notre Dame has the best defense. Uh, but Notre Dame also, by the stat line, has the third best offense. That's gonna, The difference right. will be Notre Dame's going to shut down Carolina's offense at various points throughout the game. Notre Dame's going to win. Yeah, uh, I pretty much agree because, like you said, Carolina has the best offense. Carolina can put up a lot of points, but even though they put up a lot of points, they give up a lot of points. They gave up, what was it, 53 to, to uh, Wake Forest. The Wake Forest. Week. Yeah, if Wake Forest can put up 53, so can the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So let's uh, win one for the Gipper. Play like a champion today. Let's go Fighting Irish. <laughs> All right, next up on the uh, schedule here, we have the 6-3 and three North Carolina State Wolfpack versus the Syracuse Orange. I really don't know what to do about this game. State's a 15-point favorite. They're traveling up to Syracuse for this game. And I've got to pick NC State because Syracuse has played just so bad. But I know I'm going to regret this next week. But I'm going to – don't don't screw me over, Wolfpack. I'm going State by 10. You're going to regret a lot more than this, this if you lose to Syracuse. Lord have mercy. Because, like, the thing is that we're 6-3 and three with two games against Syracuse and Georgia Tech left on the schedule. We should win, but I also know that we're not – we're probably going to drop one of these. Like, we all know how this goes. We should win. We should be 8-3 and three going into the bowl season. But anyways, Morgan, what do you say? Oh, go Wolfpack. I mean, you better you, – this should be a question about this, man. I mean, look at their game last week. The dude had 41 yards passing and – one interception and his shutout. I mean, well, the one thing about the Wolfpack in recent years, whenever a backup quarterback gets their first start, we, we make you famous. So, <laughs> Jamie Newman I, got his first start against us. Lamar Jackson got his first start against us. Uh, we we have a, a, a there, history of making quarterbacks. quarterback starting. I think so. Like, I think it's their third string quarterback this weekend, if I read correctly. So, <laughs> oh God, well, in that case, um, I go Wolfpack. All right, Dustin. <laughs> Q sucks. Uh, worst team in the conference, no, no question. Um, State's offense has been much better, so Emmy's going to put on the headband that Uncle Logan gave her this weekend. We're going to do a big Wolfpack howl together, and uh, Pack's going to ride this to their seventh win of the season. Yep. All right, Angle. I know. Look, I, nobody would have guessed we would be in position to win eight games this year, but here we are. Ryan. We're all ready to kick Syracuse out of the ACC for South Carolina anyways. I already so. sent in the water. <laughs> Go State. <laughs> all right. Moving on to Pitt versus Clemson. I mean, what is there to say about this? Pitt 
isn't the team we thought they were at the beginning of the year. I mean, Clemson is who we thought they were. So I'm going Clemson in this one, Ryan. So I think this is one of the better games to watch too. It's the inverse of the Carolina Clemson game and that it's the number two defense playing the number one offense. Uh, that being um, Pittsburgh has a really good defense. Clemson has the, has a good offense. I just, Pittsburgh just doesn't give up points. Um, but I, I think that Clemson will win this. They're playing in Death Valley. Rub the rock, do all that stupid crap. <laughs> Dustin. Clemson hasn't played in three weeks. Uh, by the time they take the field on Saturday against Pittsburgh, will this matter? No. Clemson. <laughs> Morgan. What pit defense is going to show up this weekend is my question. Um, you know, like Angle said they don't they don't give up points, but Clemson. I mean, they could Clemson could be off for four weeks, and I'd still pick Clemson. All right. So next up, we have Louisville versus Boston College. Louisville has been a team that's been disappointment compared to uh, preseason expectations. BC, you know, they've surprised everyone this year. Uh, under the first year with Coach Halfley. So, uh, Ryan, what do you think? Um, I didn't really have a pick for this. I, uh, I'll i go BC based on what I read about them this week. I'm I'm just impressed that they've been doing what they've been doing all year. So, extra hell yeah to the players for being bubbled up um, with the coaches and everything else. Um, I, and I like the fact that they've got legacy players. They've got, like, Mike Vrabel's kid on their team. I'm going BC. All right, Morgan. Uh, Boston College. I think Jerkovic's going to have a big day. Um, oh, sorry. Huh? Oh, I thought you – I was about to cut you off. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm used to that. So. <laughs> uh, Jer- just, Boston College, I'm not going to get too much into it. Louisville, is, you know, I expected more out of them this year. Um, they're just uh, an after- afterthought to me now. Um I mean, I'm serious. Like next season, please, or let's get started on your basketball program because you're we're done. You're, you're done. All right, Dustin. Boston College is five and four this year. Three of those losses: Notre Dame, Clemson, and Carolina. So they're a pretty good football team. They're way better than we thought they were going to be. Boston College is going to win this, and I think they're they. I forget who they play next week. I think it was maybe Georgia Tech or somebody, they're going to win out. They're going to be 7-4, yeah. to four, and we did not expect that at the end of the year, nope. at the beginning of the year. Yeah, so I think it's going to be a good QB battle, but uh, Louisville's been a disappointment. BC's been a really solid team this year, so um, I'm going with BC. Next up, we have the Duke Blue Devils versus the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Um, both teams have had, I would say it's fair to say, underwhelming seasons. Um, Dustin, what do you think? Duke or Georgia Tech? But just like Clemson, Duke hasn't played in three weeks uh, when they take the field on Saturday. Unlike Clemson, Duke has 25 turnovers this year. Just want to make sure you all understand where we're at in the count. Um, Again, stop the count. (laughs) (laughs) I wish they would stop the count. I mean, this is a tough one. And frankly, the next two weeks are kind of tough. Duke finishes the year with Georgia Tech and Florida State. Um, They're both terrible. Uh, Georgia Tech's defense is the worst in the conference. But I have no confidence whatsoever in Duke. And um, kind of take our buddy Ryan's advice. Always bet against your team. Georgia Tech in a close one. Probably Duke loses on a pick or a fumble for another t- one of their probably five turnovers in the game. Number 26. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Take Georgia Tech. 
I I can't. Duke is bad. Oregon. I'm going to pick Duke. I'm going to go on a, on a whim here. I'm picking Duke, man. I think they're going to have – I think they might get it together this weekend. We've been saying that for 13 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a Georgia tough Tech game. Is not great either, so I know Duke yeah. sucks. But Georgia Tech ain't exactly uh, putting out pro bowlers in the NFL next year, so – yeah, this is a tough game to pick. Um, I really think both teams just flat out suck. And I really don't want – I don't want Duke to lose, but I don't want Georgia Tech coming in to play NC State off a loss. So, for that irrational logic, I'm going with Georgia Tech to win this game. It's all about the Wolf Pack with me. So. <laughs> all right, moving on to the uh, Morgans. Favorite matchup of the week. He's been chomping at the bit for this one for a while, folks. We have the Virginia Cavaliers versus the Florida State Seminoles. So, Morgan, who you got? Wine coolers and Armani suits versus Free Shoes University. Can't get much better than this, man. Privilege versus the non-privileged. I mean, God. Ugh, UVA. I mean, I hate UVA. God, I hate UVA so much. But at Fishers is garbage. I mean, there's there's garbage, and then there's Syracuse level. So they're like a step above Syracuse in, in the garbage stench. All right, so this is also the battle of the two teams that beat the Tar Heels. So, Ryan, who you got? Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for that setup. Yeah. I put it in my notes. Somehow both of these teams beat six and two UNC. Ugh. UVA is actually favored to win by nine in, Tall- in Tallahassee, of all things. Uh, so it shows how far the free shoes have fallen. So I'll, I'll take UVA. Dustin? Tickets for this game in Tallahassee are going for as cheap as $14. <laughs> the cheapest ticket for Duke Georgia Tech is going for $19. What does this say about? This game, Florida State really sucks. UVA. Yeah, why it's, it, it's going to be Virginia. Why is this game on t- tomorrow night? Why, why isn't – Why is it on TV at all? Why isn't North Carolina and Notre Dame on instead? I don't understand. They should do what they did to Duke two or three years ago and stream it on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> they move move the, the UNC Irish game to tomorrow night. That's more of a – Yeah, I mean, it would have been a better game, but uh, but yeah, so yeah, I got Virginia in that as well. (laughs) That wraps up the ACC week pick them, and uh, let's throw it over to Ryan for our next segment. All right, so we we decided we were going to make a pivot to college basketball, um, somewhere along the line. Uh, Morgan had that that idea a couple weeks ago, and this seemed like a a decent uh, time to kind of make that pivot. So we'll do a quick college basketball over, overview. Obviously, we're not going to cover all 357 Division One schools <laughs> spread over 32 conferences. So we're going to stick with the largest and best conference, which is clearly the ACC. We can discuss other conferences for sure. Big South has Campbell and Radford and High Point. And we come from the CAA, at least three of us. So UNCW, College of Charleston, mm-hmm. SEC, Tennessee's loaded, Kentucky's reloading. Florida's got some scorers. But we're definitely not talking a big Big Ten. I can tell you that much. So 
if we're going into the ACC. Um, last year to set the table, noted basketball schools, Florida State, Duke, Louisville, and UVA uh, led the pack. They're not any good at football, so they're basketball schools. Um, in typical fashion, NC State was clamoring to be led into the NCAA conversation, but news alert, they were, uh, they were left out. Left out of what? You guys didn't – there was no tournament. You weren't in the tournament. So how were we left out? In that case, by that logic, were, everybody was left out. You were left out of the tournament. This is, this is classic. <laughs> this is classic fake news by the media. Like this is, I have to push back on hey, this. This is classic hey, fake news. They were not left out of the tournament. No one played the tournament. You and hey. is good at fake stuff. So, hey, um, look, Carrie, yeah, if there, if we there was know. ever a school that was good at faking things, is the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill and all of their fans. We all know that this is an AC ba- ACC basketball <laughs> conversation. So clearly, Carolina determines the narrative here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Carolina, uh, they weren't making any tournament last year. They weren't even going to make the CBI. They got left out of that one. Let's let that be the headline. Look here, Carolina, you, 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 and, your, Carolina, you and your Dak Nummit coach are about to hit on all of them. All right. You're going to have another bad year. That gets me to my next bullet point, which was six-time national champion Carolina. Fake news. Fake news. They, they, they do not have six national championships. One is a fake handed to them by the Helms Center National Championship. The Helms actual National Baker, you, California. Were you alive? And- al- uh, awarded to them for a 1924 season. If for anyone that doesn't know, let's give you a quick history lesson. They went undefeated in the regular season, played no postseason tournaments. Back then, there was no NCAA tournament, but there was a like AAU-style tournament that the Butler Bulldogs won. Butler Bulldogs are the ones that are officially recognized by the NCAA as the national champion. No one outside of the city of Chapel Hill recognizes the fake news 1924 bakery out of California Helms Foundation title. I digress. And that championship banner was not hung in Chapel Hill until after the 2015 Duke National Two, Championship. 2001. Game. Was it 2001? When they, when they tied Carolina, they had to one-up them and put up a fake title. Uh, yeah. Sounds like a bunch of fake news, man. It's called competitiveness. Anyways. It's called lies and, and deceit. <laughs> Like their academic fraud program they ran for 30 years. All right, we're getting off track. Let's yeah, keep the train moving. It's the first, first losing season last year for Carolina um, <laughs> under Coach Roy Williams. But we all know last year doesn't yeah. count because it wasn't played. So, anyways. Now it doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> the 6-14 and 14 Tar Heels, that counts. The, the postseason <laughs> is what doesn't count. There's a couple things to look forward to this year. There's there's a new dress code, which is kind of weird. Uh, polo shirts now, um, so we don't get any more Roy Williams jackets. So that's that's unfortunate. Uh, it's always fun to see him throw his jacket on the sideline. It's a little like getting to watch somebody steal home in a baseball game. It happens once every now and again, but it's always good. We've got the Maui Invitational next week. Um, uh, Carolina's won this three times in all three years. They won the national championship. So I think we can all stop watching next week. If Carolina somehow wins the Mali Invitational, we, we know what's going to happen. We've got a blue blood championship on Tuesday that Duke's in uh, with Kentucky, Kansas, and Michigan state. So we got some good stuff coming up. So if you guys want to, let's, let's, let's dive right in. And um, I mean, I, I have a couple interesting points. Sure. Duke is not an AP season, uh, preseason top five selection for the first time since 2012. And North Carolina is not an AP preseason top five for the f- top 15 for the first time since 2005. Huh. Clearly, we're getting disrespected. <laughs> little old Carolina <laughs> and little old Duke. They should really talk about us some more. <laughs> 
I just found that interesting. Like they usually in the preseason polls, Logan probably will call this brand equity. Um, they're ranked pretty high. And, uh, and this year there, you know, there's a little bit of a, a slide on both uh, ends of tobacco road. It's a little like, well, hopefully we don't end up like tech in football or Florida state in football. We can't let the whole conference. All right. Now. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, what do you, um, do you guys just want to dive into the teams? Do you guys want to pick? Um, yeah, let's yeah. go. I mean, let's, right, let's start with UVA. I think that they're probably the top of the ACC Yeah, for what the fourth time in eight years, something like that. They've got a hell of a coach and Tony Bennett, classy guy. Um, I feel like everybody says he's a classic guy, right? It's like what they all say about him, but you really can't get mad at him. He runs a really boring top five defense. They return all five of their minutes getters, their starters there. And uh, their offense is just not good, but they don't need one. They're basically the Pittsburgh of college basketball. They've got a, a fifth-year senior in Sam Hauser that's um, a big guy in the middle that kind of clogs things up and should be able to score some points. What do you guys think? UVA, top of the class? Yes, no? Yep. I yeah. go to UVA. Yeah, I think yeah. they're easily going into the season. They're easily the favorite uh, to win the conference. I mean, they they bring back a lot of talent from last year. They have that Marquette transfer. I mean, I think with their they they return the number one defense, with, and they they've shown they don't have to score a lot of points for them to win. But if they can just have a little bit of an uptick in their um, offense, I think they'll run away with the conference this year. Yeah, a uh, couple of things on UVA one hate watching UVA. Yeah, it's the worst. It's the worst basketball game. When you watch, you know, 65 possessions and the game's 45-42, it sucks. But that aside, Tony Bennett's been a winner. Recruiting the players he recruits and running the system that he runs. Um, I think also when you talk about him as a a classy guy, that's just code for boring. But um, (laughs) – The Marquette transfer, I think, is the biggest deal for them. Uh, he, this guy had 246 career three-pointers uh, during, before he came to the Cavaliers. Um, they scored, I think, 89 points on Wednesday night. And I know it wasn't against, you know, one of the best teams in the country, but UVA scoring 89 points is kind of a big deal. I think it hadn't been done in three or four years. So, you know, if that offense picks up, like, it's anticipated to, it's going to be tough to, they're going to be really tough to beat. You got any kind words for you, VA? Morgan, you got I'll, I'll take the silence as a note. <laughs> <laughs> Next topic. Well, I, mean, I, already, I already said that they're, they're definitely going to be a top, top class in the ACC. You know, they've been, they've been good. What they won the championship two years ago. Um, Finally, I guess after trying so hard, they're. You said all their stars are returning, so I mean they're. they're I mean, they're gonna be good. They're gonna be tough to beat. Tech will be lucky if they even score thirty points against them. <laughs> all right. You guys want to? You. What? What's? What's the honest consensus pick? You think Carolina or Duke is the? is the second better team. I, I, I have a feeling it's probably Duke. I second think it's best. Florida State. Oh, all right. We can go there if you want. 
Yeah. So Florida State, everyone has them down a little bit, but they still return a lot of talent. One thing that's going to be constant over the last five years of Florida State, they're going to be long, they're going to be athletic, and they're going to be aggressive. And they bring in a, a stud of a point guard this year who is a five-star kid. He's six foot nine at the point guard position. Um, they lost a couple of um, guys to the NBA draft in the first round this year, but they still return a lot of talent. I think Florida State's going to be actually the team to watch in that upper tier of the yeah. conference is going to be able to compete. Um, I think Duke and Carolina are still going to be good. And I think that very easily they could end up, you know, either of them could end up winning the conference or finishing second. But right now, coming into the season, I still think my pick is going to be Florida State. Dustin? Yeah, I mean, I think Florida State doesn't get enough respect. Um, and Leonard Hamilton doesn't get enough respect. Uh, he's proven over several years now that they're one of the better run programs. And it's, it's so interesting to watch the rise of their basketball with the fall of their football. but. Um, they have run, they've made deep runs in the tournament several years in a row. Um, they've been near the top of the league. They're, they're always tough. They're what's so interesting. And it'll be again this year. They're deep. They're like Logan said, they're athletic and they're just very aggressive. And, uh, this Scotty bonds, this port guard, when I read about him, I was like six, nine, Jesus, <laughs> this guy, like that's going to be outrageous. Um, They've also got, you know, some veterans coming back. They have, and even kids who didn't even play a lot last year who've been in their system for a little while. Um, I think they're going to be good. They're going to be hard to beat. Leonard Hamilton has really kind of produced a consistent program, and and I do I, I agree with you, Logan. Like just based off on what they're returning, they're going to be really good. I don't. I think maybe you could argue Duke and UNC have a higher ceiling. Yeah, <clears throat> but Florida State has less of a variety. I mean, you know what you're going to get with that. Yeah. Team. And MJ Walker is legit. Like that guy, it, it's good. To, it's one of the things that you can't be said enough about college basketball in today's time. It isn't like the nineties. It isn't like the eighties. is isn't even like the early two thousands in the fact that when you have senior leadership, when you have experienced players, like it doesn't matter. Like if sometimes those teams will beat the teams that have a, a plan three to five heralded freshmen that are, cause at the end of the day, they're really talented, but they're still freshmen and yep. uh, being old in college basketball is something that, that is, it, it can't be said how important that is. Yeah. It can't be said enough how important that is to be, have, have senior leadership on the team. Yeah. You took, uh, you took one of my points, which is uh, MJ. You're right. MJ Walker is just, he reminds me of one of those senior point guards for Carolina or Duke that bring the ball up the court. Um, the only other thing I would say about him is, or about Florida State is, I love to call Dustin. You mentioned this, but I love to call Leonard Hamilton "Grumpy Leonard Hamilton" because he always just looks like he's grumpy and in a mess on the sidelines. And just <laughs> so from now on on this podcast, he'll be known as "Grumpy Leonard Hamilton." <laughs> we, we can say "Grumpy Lenny," "Grumpy yeah, Uncle Lenny." I like that, I like that better. <laughs> Morgan, you have any comments about free shoes? Free shoes, no, they're gonna be a good team this year. I mean, they had a what they had a pretty decent team last year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah they're arguably the best. Actually, I, I'm agreeing that you know they get over they're gonna get overlooked because of the likes of UNC and, and Duke and UVA, but I think that they're actually gonna do pretty decent this year. I think they'll probably, I think they'll finish in the ACC rankings higher than UNC and Duke. You're probably right. <laughs> I don't know about Duke, but we can go there next if you guys want. Dustin, go ahead. Talk about Duke. <laughs> sure. Uh, I can do that for the rest of the podcast if you want. Um, 
Bless your heart. <laughs> don't don't everybody go anywhere. I'm not going to actually do that. Um, you know, you've the same old story. It's a lot of turnover on the roster in Durham, but this year it's a little different. There were three NBA picks with Jones, Carey, and Stanley. There were three seniors who graduated in White, Delorier, and Robinson, and then there was one transfer in Alice O'Connell. So it wasn't um, – last year's team was one of my favorite to watch in many, many years because they were not necessarily the most talented team, but they were a great team. And uh, so the turnover in Durham wasn't necessarily an exodus of talent. It was an exodus of older leadership and younger talent. Um, so what does that mean? Uh, Coach K went out and got six players in the, on the recruiting trail, four of them five stars, two of them four stars according to 24-7 sports rankings. Um, that would put them as number two in the nation. Uh, they also got a graduate transfer out of Columbia, a guy named, by the name of Patrick Tate, who's a center. He's, uh, I think he's close to seven foot. Um, they have four returning players, uh, Jordan Goldwire, who will be a senior, their lone senior on the team. Uh, they named him co-defensive player of the year, along with Trey Jones last year. Um, Matthew Hurt who uh, disappointed probably a little last year, I would say. But the offseason buzz has been he's bulked up a lot, which means he'll be able to get down there and bang around and, and play at a higher level this year. Uh, you add that to his 39.9% three-point shooting percentage, and that should be made for a good year. Uh, Wendell Moore comes back as a wing on the team. He's, he was pretty good on defense. His offense was a little lackluster, but he's athletic. Um, and then Joey Baker, who's another good three-point shooter, returns uh, to kind of form that nucleus of four returning players. Um, I'm not going to go through all of the recruits, but a couple of them deserve a little attention. Jalen Johnson is expected to be – I mean, he was a prize of the class. He's, they're talking about him as a top-10 pick next year. I mean, it'll depend on what he does, obviously, but he's expected to be. Um, the comparison for style of play, and I'm, I'm not making the comparison for career, but style of play is LeBron. Um, is more of like a, a point power forward, so he can help facilitate the offense. He's not going to just be a guy yeah. uh, down there. And, Within the context uh, of Duke history, that you could also make the comparison to like <clears throat> not necessarily impact or talent, but like Grant Hill, because Grant Hill played a lot of point forward in 93 when Bobby Hurley broke his foot. So, I mean, that's that's something that they could be – pushing Jalen Johnson in in that uh, type of role. Yeah, and, and the expectation with this team, because of that and because of uh, just the, the folks that they have returning is they're, they're, their expected starting lineup is going to be a five-out, spread-you-out offense. Mm-hmm. They're not really – they're not going to put anybody down on the block and they're just – it's going to be a lot of ball movement. And as the season goes on and maybe as the rotation changes, that might change. Or it might change against who they play because you play Carolina, you got to be ready to sit down on the, you know, down in the post and bang it out all night. But um, that's the expectation. The, the other player I'll mention is uh, Jeremy Roach. He was number four point guard in the country coming in. He's going to be given the ball this year. Um, I, you know, I don't know what to expect. I, he, was, he was good. Obviously, in high school, he's a highly touted recruit, um, but we won't know until they get on the court. Uh, Duke's kind of risen and fall, and I think you can probably say this about any college basketball team, but they've risen and fall based off their point guard in the, mm-hmm. over the years. And in years where they've had a highly touted point guard recruit and he hasn't done well, they haven't played well. 
And in years when they had a Trey Jones or a Tyus Jones running point, they did do well. So um, that's going to be a, a big part of this season for them. They've got a whole bunch of other talent sitting on that bench. Maybe somebody breaks out and gets into the starting lineup. Maybe somebody doesn't. There's some shooters. There's some athletes. They've got a couple guys, one at seven foot, another at six ten. So they got a little size this year. Um, you know, it's just going to be one of those years that's, uh, once again, young and figuring it out. And it depends on how the team comes together. Um, when uh, we were talking about it earlier, one of the X factors for the home games is there's going to be no Cameron Crazies. So how that impacts. Uh, you know, how close a lot of these games go, especially with a bunch of young kids who are figuring it out. Um, we'll see. The big question mark I have for the Blue Devils this year is really going to be defense. It's the same thing since they've kind of shifted more towards this one-and-done model because Duke's defense has, outside of a couple years here and there, Duke's defense has not been traditional Duke defense over the last, like, 10 years. And the reason for that is because <clears throat> to really be able to play elite defense at the level that Duke was used to playing in the 80s and 90s, you have to have experience. The communication has to be better. And go, by rotating around to the help side, a lot of times younger players do not do that as well. And when you have guys that you're constantly bre breaking in new players into the system and you're having to teach that defense, there's a reason Coach K's going to a little bit of zone, which is something that would have never happened 30 years ago. It's because these young players are not as, as I guess, they don't have the experience to be able to run that aggressive overplay, man, the man, get out into the passing lane style of Duke defense. They, they end up getting burned. So if they were to, he's not going to, but if they were to pack it in a little bit, similar to how Virginia does, it'll be better off for the young guys. But that's my question mark for the Blue Devils is how good is that defense actually going to be? Morgan, do you have any thoughts on Duke before we move on to a better team? <laughs> better can you get them, Duke? I mean, I know pick Florida State probably to go higher than them in the rankings, but when it's all said and done, and when, if we get to the tournament, you know, I'm always going to have Duke advancing pretty damn far. Yeah, they Coach K always does a good job of who he brings in and coaches them up. Right. I, I, yeah, I'll be the first to tell anyone on this podcast, anyone listening, I'm probably the least knowledgeable person when it comes to college basketball. Um, but I still, I'll still watch the games and try to understand what I'm looking at. But Coach K is still top notch, in my opinion, of what he can, what he's given and what he can, he can get out of his players. All right. Well, I, to, segue this right i think it'll be interesting to watch um duke has k uh excuse me jeremy roach we mentioned him um so i think it'll be interesting to watch the way that uh, um the media and just in general how people compare him with caleb love um that's carolina's freshman and so it'll be kind of uh, it's the freshman point guard it'll be interesting to see if the if if people kind of play the two off of each other kind of see which one's better um we've had this previously with uh I should know this. Um, the doesn't matter. I'm drawing a blank right now. The guy who went number one last year, he was the one and done for us, the point guard versus Zion and back and forth. And anyways, um, we've got this freshman kid above coming in. He continues Carolina's point guard lineage. I won't bore you with all the details, but basically Roy Williams needs a speedy point guard to run and distribute the ball. And he needs someone to be able to drive to the hoop and score. Um, that's what they're thinking Caleb Love's going to be able to do. Roy has in the past um, used uh, freshman point guards to, to, with great success and been able to coach them up and coach them through. 
Um, we have – I'm not even going to talk about Andrew Playtech because he's not good. Um, we have Leaky Black, um, Armando Baycott, and Garrison Brooks returning. I, I don't know who was asleep at the wheel, but somehow uh, the ACC preseason player of the year is Garrison Brooks with 102 votes. Um, it, you, you can definitely do a recount of that because I, I would not have voted for that, but whatever, it's 2020. So I actually think Garrison accurate. He I think Garrison quad- Brooks is going to be the, the best big man in the, in the conference this year. He scores the quietest 16.8 points a game or whatever you've ever seen. It's it. I, he scored six points against College of Charleston in, in, in the second half. It's just – yeah. I, I'm not sold. I think, I think he's going to be 20 and 10 averaging this year, somewhere around in there. I really hope so. He's a great – I mean, look, right, let's – Let's not drag the guy. He's he's a, he's he's a great guy off the court. You don't have to go very far on the internet to find that out. Um, he's been very instrumental in being a great leader this season. But at the same time, I just I, I really hope you guys are right. I just I, I don't know that I've seen it on the court. The actual athletic talent um, sounds terrible. I, he just doesn't score the way that I would I would expect some of our other big men in the past to score. But um, obviously we'll, we've got some we've got some good games early. College of Charleston is is no cupcake. Um, they're not on the same level as an ACC school, but but they're, they're not an easy out, um, especially when you get later on into like the NCAA tournament, something like that. We mentioned the Maui Invitational kind of as a joke, but there's some good teams that are coming out of that um, out of that tournament next week. Uh, we have Iowa in the Big Ten Challenge, which this is just an epitome of Carolina just getting their way all the time. Um, the Big Ten Challenge is supposed to be – ACC Big Ten Challenge is supposed to be for what, like the 10 best teams, I think, in the uh, in the ACC that, that make it into this tournament? Uh, well, I can guarantee you that Carolina last year with the record was not uh, in the top 10. And somehow the fact that they were, first of all, invited to this tournament, and second of all, get to play Iowa, who is actually maybe favored to win the Big Ten, is they have the National Player of the Year in Luke Garza, a product out of D.C. Um, I, I just – I whatever i this we have no business being in 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 this tournament we have no business playing iowa um so it'll be interesting to see what our team can kind of do um obviously the elephant in the room for all of these teams this year is is uh the fact that there hasn't really been any coaching or uh, practice ahead of time so you're literally just kind of rolling the dice and putting your players out there and kind of come on up with stuff so i really do think it falls to these coaches leonard hamilton coach k um Obviously, Roy, Tony Bennett. Um, I, I think these guys are really going to have to coach their pants off this year and actually earn some money. So, Carolina is pretty interesting to me because Roy, just looking at it schematically with Roy Williams's offense, Roy Williams runs more of an old school offense compared to a lot of uh, basketball from AAU on up to the NBA. Now, nowadays, it's it's very wing heavy. Big guys are for defense and rebounding, running the floor. But Roy Williams is a little bit of a throwback offense. He puts two big guy, two big guys on the block, and for the Carolina to be successful. They need two good big guys. They have good big guys this year. I think Garrison Brooks is actually going to be the ACC player of the year. I think he's about to have a breakout year. He had a pretty good year last year. Armando uh, Armando Baycott has talent. He's another guy they have down there. But it's always predicated on having that speedy point guard that can run the offense. But they also need some outside shooting for when they kick out. That's the biggest question mark for Carolina. I don't know if they have it because I don't uh, the young guys, I don't know like how good they're going to be at that. That's that, and then Roy Williams doesn't defend the the three point line at all. So if anybody gets hot from three, they can uh, take down the Tar Heels just from that 
that's what makes the Duke Carolina uh, matchup so interesting to me because Roy still goes with that old school Dean Smith defense where you, the three point line was an afterthought back then, but it's not now it's, it's, it's about layups and three point shots now. Cause I mean, it's just the way the game's played. So if Carolina can be consistent with their young players with Caleb Love running the point with their known quantity down on both blocks and they get just a, a modicum of outside shooting, I think Carolina has a chance to make a push for the conference championship this year. It, it really, but there's, they're just young. I mean, outside of uh, Leakey and, and uh, Garrison, I mean, they're, they're still a young team again. Yeah. I mean, Carolina's, you know, last year they were six and 14. It was the worst record uh, Roy, Roy Williams has ever had. Um, it was, you know, it was just a bad year. They did have a lot of injuries, a lot of things went wrong, but, you know, it was just, it was not a, it's not a Carolina basketball year. And um, I would expect a big bounce back. Roy Williams is not going to stay down in the basement very long. Um, my thing that I wonder about is Roy, outside of point guard, Roy's never really like been the guy who brought in a bunch of ta- young talent and then like immediately found success. Um, he tends to mold uh, experience with a little bit of young talent. And then that's how he wins basketball games. Um, they did have the number. Do th- what? Family. <laughs> <laughs> Call it whatever you want, but that's how he does it. Old school, I guess. But the number, they had the number three recruiting class. They've got three five stars and four or three five stars and three four stars coming in. Like they have talent. Um, I just, it'll be interesting to see how Roy brings them along. Um, yeah. And then what is that, you know, and I agree, like for what I described Duke to be, Carolina's the opposite. Yeah, like they really are an old school couple guys down on the block, um, running through the point guard offense. And Duke's when Duke and Carolina meet, Duke's going to try to spread them out to every point around a three point line and just beat them, um, beat them either through driving or out shooting them. Yeah, and Carolina's going to trip up early in the year. They always do, but by the end of the year, they normally are a solid ball club. Last year, notwithstanding, so we I don't think we need to rest your judgment on when they drop a couple games inevitably early in the conference season because. Even that, what was it, the 2009 year, I think it was, they went, they started like, what, 0-3 or something like that in the conference and then went on to be the best team in the country hands down that year. So can't really call a whole lot with Carolina early in the season. No, and I th- I th- think you can bet against good coaching, period. You know, when you have a solid coach like Roy Williams, who clearly is a proven long-term winner, they're not, gonna, they're not likely to be bad, and especially not likely to be bad two years in a row. Yeah, I expect Coach Williams to bounce back this year with a decent team. He's going to do a lot better than he did last year, you know. Um, I expect him to finish a lot stronger. I think I agree they'll have that game where they'll probably slip up that they they shouldn't lose. But other than that, I think they're going to finish strong this year, a lot better than they did last year. They'll finish more close to the top. So speaking of teams that can beat Carolina with the three ball, and that are coached by a guy named Coach Williams. Morgan, you want to talk about Virginia Tech? <laughs> you guys shoot the hey, lights thanks, out man. from three. <laughs> hey, thanks, man. Uh, you're a little late on, on the departure story, aren't you? Buzz Williams isn't there anymore. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess yeah, I am. He, he left after he left two years ago, man. <laughs> that, left, last year was the lost year for all the Carolina fans. Yeah, you know, last year didn't happen. Tech, they, they, they uh, you know, after what was it, the uh, 2017, 
18 season. Buzz Williams departed for Texas AMU. They uh, snagged Coach Mike Young from, was it Wofford? Wofford, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was right. You guys do shoot the lights out, though. <laughs> he likes He likes to shoot. He's turning Tech into a three-pointer, sh- live by the three, die by the three team. Um, Baday is returning from last year. He's a senior returning from last year. Um, hopefully he kind of runs the team. Uh, you know, we've got Radford returning. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. Aline is returning. He also got um, Cardio Dyer from Kansas State, who likes to shoot the three. So that makes hmm. you know, that doesn't say that he wants to live by the three and die by the three anymore this upcoming season. Then um, Hunter Couture, I'm pronouncing his name right. He um, he was one of the big three point shooters last year. I think he's going to continue doing that this year. Um, I don't, you know, it's. Radford's an interesting guy. He was pretty decent last year. Um, I'd like to see him step it up and have a better game this season. I think Tech's going to, where did they they finish? Uh, I was going to say, where do you think that they'll be? By the end of the year, sure they had seven ACC wins. They tied for ninth in the division last year. I think they're going to have a much better season this year. I'm not going to go out and say, watch them to crack any top 25, you know, polls or anything, but I think they'll get a couple more wins this year. And I think Young is going to have the team trending in the right direction, to be honest. He's you already think- doing a good job of re- uh, recruiting. So, you think they'll be top half of the conference or bottom half? Top half. Okay. You, guys really agree. you guys yeah. agree? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm, I'm good. Go ahead. I was going to say, do you guys agree? Top half of the conference for Virginia Tech? I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm not sold. Yeah, Land, Land, Landers Nolly transferred to yeah. Memphis. MPJ and he was – Yeah, they, they, that was their, their most impactful players last year. Tech continues to have no size whatsoever no you never um, know, really. so it's all predicated on are you going to be hot shooting the threes every single night and if i'm taking that bet i'm, I'm betting against it so yeah um, and, the, and the problem is like uh, in the preseason polls for whatever that's worth which isn't much five through ten it's really a, a crapshoot for who's actually going to finish where because, there, I mean, there, it just really depends on who's playing better basketball and who gets hot because there isn't like – there's like the – there's Virginia, there's the upper tier that we've kind of covered, and then there's the just the middle of the conference is, is a bottleneck, and then you've got Boston College and Wake Forest at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think if that – If you finish above Boston College and Wake Forest, then I'll be happy. <laughs> well, you're going to do I, that. Like, I, won't be, I won't be happy. I just won't be upset. I'd like to be happy finishing, <laughs> you know, with a, an actual winning – record in the ACC, but I don't see that happening this year. Yeah, I look, I, I think you could have a good year, so don't don't let us down you too much. I just I just don't, I don't know. I think once we get halfway through the season and we've seen y'all play, like, we'll be like, alright, yeah, they're they're performing or we're going to be like, oh, oh boy. Hope you're better than Wake Forest. Coach Young is the second season, so he's still he's still getting his feet on the ground there. 
So here's a here's a here's a fun way of looking at it. So we 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 covered the top part, right? So then you've got the middle, which which Logan talked about. It's 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 Louisville, Syracuse, Miami, NC State, Georgia Tech. They're kind of clogging up the middle. Syracuse obviously has a great coach, um, and uh, Louisville also as well with Chris Mack. He's doing things with that Louisville program. But here's so here's here's my question to kind of close that Virginia Tech. Then you've got right uh, on either side of them. You have Clemson finishing tenth. Apparently they've got Virginia Tech eleventh, Notre Dame twelfth. So you got all the football schools right there. Clemson, Virginia Tech, Notre uh, Dame. How did Notre Dame fall that damn far? Do you finish ahead of Clemson and Notre Dame, Morgan? Yes. All right. Cool. I take so that can, bet. I take that <laughs> bet too. All right. So we can track that. We'll see which what, of the football what, schools what, you finish. What does Bray? What does Bray get Notre Dame back up top? Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> is, that, is that done? Is that is that that ship sold? Today I'm anti Notre Dame, so who cares? <laughs> No, he's he's. He, I hear you. Um, he he. It almost seems like Notre Dame like is 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 this big money program that supposedly has a lot of talent, and then they trot out four Indiana boys and and, and call it a day. So I don't <laughs> I don't know. Um. So so we mentioned Louisville. Louisville has Chris Mack. Um, they lost five key pieces, but they always recruit and replace well at a program that somehow in no way did not cheat their way to a 2013 national championship. So. Uh, <laughs> Not not sure how they recruit so well there, but um. Anyways, they 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 could definitely be a threat. Um, I got other notes here. Clemson. Uh, three of us went to UNCW, so congratulations to Brad Brunell for being yep. in his eleventh season there at Clemson. Um, he was the coach at UNCW back in the day. He's under five hundred while he's there, though, in conference hey, he, play. He finally beat Carolina in Chapel Hill, though, first time since nineteen sixty one for the Tigers. So congratulations, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Kick us while we're down. Um, any other, any other teams or, or, or that you guys want to mention, or are we just going to leave the boring middle, the boring middle? Uh, the, I want to mention two when Dustin is done with this point. The, yeah, I mean, I know Logan wants to talk about NC state, but, um, I'd say on Louisville, they were, they would probably be much better if it weren't for a couple of injuries, like Malik Williams is hurt. That's a huge blow to them. Um, they also had another, uh, kid a grad transfer from San Francisco got hurt. Um, one thing I do want to point out, because this is a connection to me, is Radford transfer Carly Jones. Uh, he was a 20-point scorer down at Radford. And for the record, my wife is a Radford alum. Um, they, he was a good player. I, we watched a lot of Radford games over the past couple of years. He, I think he'll do well there. But bringing in a Radford grad transfer isn't going to – parachute you into the top echelon of the, of the year. So it'll just be interesting to see what they do with their with their recruits and how they battle through the couple of injuries. Um Chris Mack has obviously done a good job there. So don't count him out. But he's definitely gonna be mid tier this year. Brad and then you said like Brad Baronell, I mean they brought in some four star recruits this year. He you know that's a step in the right direction for him, but I mean he's underwhelmed there as much as i love him for what he did at uncw um he's under 500 in the conference over a decade that's not great yeah so i think the biggest team to watch that hasn't been mentioned yet 
is the team that actually finished fifth last year, and that's Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Georgia Tech didn't get into the ACC tournament because of a self-imposed postseason ban, but Georgia Tech has arguably the best backcourt in the ACC this year with Alvarado and DeVoe. And guard play wins you basketball games in modern-day college basketball. So Georgia Tech is a team to watch to be able to push for that fifth or sixth spot, and I think they're going to be right there again. The question is, are they going to be able to replace uh, – I think it was James Banks was his name, their center from last year, because they did lose him. But guard play rules all in college basketball, and they do have good guards. So yeah. the Yellow Jackets are one that do need to be watched. But I also want to point out, just like in the ACC – NC State is utterly disrespected on this podcast because we haven't mentioned them, but maybe in passing, because this is Kevin Keats' most talented basketball team. He sat since he arrived uh, a few years ago. This he, we're finally going to be able, we go about ten or eleven deep this year. Um, he he's going to be able to play that style that he's been wanting to play for a while. It's going to be tempo, tempo, tempo. He's going to press. And we also have three key seniors with DJ Funderburk, Devin Daniels, both who averaged about 12 or 13 points a game last year. Devin Daniels in the opening game put up 29. Braxton Beverly, who if he's consistent, last year he battled an injury all year, but if he's consistent as an outside threat, uh, he brings some experience to the table. But this year's team um, – we brought in a top 25 recruiting class. It would have been top 10, but Josh Hall, uh, is the last time I'm going to mention him for the year, he left, uh, he was old enough to go to the draft. He left and didn't even show up to campus, went undrafted. So whatever, but the rest of the guys, we had a pretty highly recruited point guard come in named uh, Cam Hayes. Cam Hayes was a four-star guy. He, uh, looked very, he has a already an NBA ready body, but he's not NBA ready talent yet. Like I said, he was a four-star guy, but Cam Hayes is a guy that's going to be able to come in and, um, I think by the 10th game, he's going to be end up being the starting point guard and it's going to steady the offense there. But we've got a lot of leadership with uh, three seniors on the court. We've got a lot of talent. And then Manny Bates in the middle, if he can cut down on his fouls, the guy led the ACC in blocks last year. He was sixth in the NCAA in blocks per game. Um, so he like we have an anchor at the bottom. Uh, Thunderbird is legit. Devin Daniels is legit. I think NC State actually is going to make a push for about uh, – in that fifth, sixth, seventh place right now. Most people try to have us around eight to 10 at right now, but I think that this year's NC State squad has that good ba- balance of uh, experience, senior leadership, and then young talent to come in, and they're going to be able to uh, be a solid ball club this year. The only given is we're going to lose Carolina twice because it doesn't matter how bad or good Carolina is, we will lose Roy Williams. <laughs> I'm, glad you, I'm glad you mentioned the end. I was going to ask if you're going to finish top five or not. I figure sometimes we get we get in the weeds with all the recruiting and stuff, and I want to actually just be able to pin us to the wall on on content. All right, you think top five? I think he. I think we end up finishing sixth. Just I'll outside the top five. I'll, yeah. give you, I'll give you six for Keats. Yeah. Also, how many times? How many times do we have to hear that Kevin Keats has his best team of the year? This, I didn't say best. I said most talented. There's a difference. His best team was his first year team when we uh, finished ahead of Carolina in the in the. Uh, polls and got the third or fourth seed in the ACC championship and the ACC uh, tournament. This year is his most talented team he's had since he's been in Raleigh. His best year coaching was his last year at UNCW. <laughs> yeah, well, let's not shy away from the UNCW connection. Yet another UNCW coach, uh, Kevin Keats, who won two CAA uh, championships so in three years. Yeah, but this ain't the CAA, and he's got to get his crap together or else he's going to be on the hot seat in a year or two. Hey, we'll take them back at UNCW. <laughs> well, I, I actually – I think I, – I agree with Logan. Um, I think they've been overlooked. If you look at the way they were playing it in the last year, and they really haven't lost much, um, if they pick that back up, NC State's going to uh, surprise a lot of people. 
And are they going to be top four? No. Um, are they going to be pushing that five, six? Yeah. Um, there and I think y'all had a grad transfer from Nebraska, right? And the point yeah. guard who helped all the yeah. steady things a little bit. But he's not a he's not a point guard. He's a combo guard, but he's a three point threat. He's a kid that's originally from Raleigh. He went to Nebraska. I think he's got a couple years of eligibility. Named Thomas Allen. He's uh, he was in the starting lineup in game one. So we we have a good mix of uh, three point shooters this year too, which is always important in modern day basketball. So Thomas Allen is going to be a contributor this year, and then Darren Sebrin, who's um, He's a redshirt freshman. He's a six foot seven, can play one through four. He's going to be kind of like the the gadget player that gets to uh, kind of plug and play with the different lineups. Because this year's roster, we can go big, we can go small. Like it, there's enough uh, variance with with the the personnel we have. Like we we have a lot of long athletic players on the roster this year. So I'm. It's actually a good year to be excited for NC State. Not there, not in the sense of win, winning a uh, pushing for the fake um regular season, regular title. season title but it's going to be a good year like if if they get hot i mean they can make a run in the acc tournament before they inevitably lose in the semifinals so we got virginia duke florida state kind of sounds like top three carolina might be might be right around there if they perform well and i think it's the top four easily you got louisville and nc state it sounds like georgia right. tech i think georgia, georgia tech's going to be the one really to watch Unless you have to play Georgia State every game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then we got kind of the what we refer to as the boring middle, the, some of the football schools, Miami, Clemson, Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, uh, Georgia Tech. All right. Fair enough. You I will say yeah. one last point about NC State. If they go 10 and 10 in the conference, they'll be – just because of the way the bubble works, they'll have us out. If we go – 11 and nine we're in because we've gone uh, nine and nine, 10 and 10. I think we've gone like 500 in the conference, like the last two or three years. So this goes to, this is a true, true point. This goes to one of the things I hate so much about college basketball at this point in time. So Joe Lenardi somehow already has a bracket that he's yeah. come up with. Oh it's like, dude, they've, they've played one game. I hate the anti-data people. I can't, the nerds refreshing spreadsheets to tell me if a team's good or not. Like it, Some just teams not. haven't even played their first game yet, but he, li- I'm not even kidding, Logan. He first four out. He has NC State. Logan. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, Lenardi sucks. He's never right about who gets in and who gets out. Wow. And look, ESPN also hates the Wolfpack. They always have us. It doesn't matter. We beat Duke and we beat them like a drum at PNC Arena last year, and then we played pretty well throughout uh, going in. Then we lost to Georgia Tech, who finished fifth in the conference. And then they said, "Well, their body of work looks pretty good, but they really need to beat Duke in the ACC tournament again for them to be on the right side of the bubble." I'm like, get out of here. And so NC State said, okay, no one's playing. <laughs> <laughs> they were like 21 and 10, and everybody's like, yeah, I just don't know if they're on the right side of the bubble. Like, come on. You done with NC State? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we, have to, we have to fight because we get no respect for, from anybody. So we have to fight. We don't even fight anymore. <laughs> Morgan's really beaten down over this Virginia Tech thing. <laughs> we just we just show up. Oh, you invite us? Thank you. <laughs> just, oh. just tell me where I'm supposed to stand. <laughs> you know what? We stand is to, to root for Texas AMU to never win a basketball game ever again. <laughs> Don't bank on it, buddy. Buzz Williams is a jackass. <laughs> He's from <laughs> Texas. 
He's I from get Texas. It, man, but he was he, he had tech on I mean, if you look at his recruiting he had coming into tech the following year, where he took him his last season into the tournament. I mean, he was creating something really good there in a great basketball conference. It's about money though. AM's yeah, got money, I tech doesn't. I don't, trust me, I get it. He's from Texas. I get that Amy threw about millions of damn dollars at him too. I, I look, I hear you. As a fan, I'm just pissed. Sorry. As a fan, as, as, as <laughs> about it, I understand it. Yeah. I look, I hear you. It, it actually would have been fun to. Cause um, he had a good recruiting class coming in the following year. And as soon as he left, they all said, and we're going to go elsewhere. <laughs> Including one that went to UNC. For those that don't know, this is Anthony a, a, a kiss my ass too. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he doesn't play one game at UNC. And goes to play in like some weird conference in South Germany. Dakota State. <laughs> this is a remarkably accurate representation of our group text. It's <laughs> NC State. Seventeen messages about NC State and how good they're going to be this year. It's Morgan complaining about anything coming out of Blacksburg. And then, and then as soon as me or Dustin try and chirp up about anything that may reasonably be important about our schools, it's, oh, everything works out for you guys. So it's because it's rigged. This is, a, this podcast is remarkably accurate representation. So sorry if you're bored, but we're at yeah. <laughs> yeah. And sorry if we didn't cover one of your teams like Wake or Pitt or nobody cares about Wake Forest, Boston College. Nobody cares about Pitt. So. Final thoughts? I think we've covered it, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So I was watching, uh, I was watching a basketball preview show, and I, I, I thought this was hysterical. They basically said they think that the best teams this year will make shots. I was like, oh, cool, oh, okay. excellent, <laughs> good. Well, good the teams good who point. score the most points will win the most games. <laughs> yeah, I just Captain Obvious showed up. <laughs> the, the guys who do commentating are a joke. They're an absolute joke. And they need. And for that Go reason ahead. alone is why you should listen to Miserable and Reckless for the alternative yeah. media and sports because we're bringing you the real story. Yeah. We tell you what our real feelings are. We tell you what you what we actually think, and we actually talk a little bit about what the team's going to be like as opposed to, like, dumb stuff like the team that wins the most games is going to win the conference. Or like that okay. graphic like that graphic that Jay Billis had about Harrison Barnes years ago. If he made one and a half more shots per game, uh, they their scoring average will go up by this and they'd win this more. Yeah, no, no shit. <laughs> Here, they always need... I, will, I will go ahead and predict Tex basketball team will have a better year than Tex football team. I can agree with that. Yeah, you guys will definitely win more games. <laughs> 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 more games played, you jack. <laughs> yeah, well, while we're giving out expert analysis, like they need leaders on and off the court. I think Tech's basketball team will win more games than Tech's football game. Football teams. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> hey, look, the the Maui Invitationals the percentage will be whatever, man. <laughs> Go ahead. Whatever. <laughs> they will have a better season than Tech's football team. Let me. I'll say more. Effing games in basketball than there's football. <laughs> We're doing terrible uh, analysis takes. Yeah. Uh, All right. <laughs> the worst. Just come to me. Hey, the Maui Invitational is going to decide if we need to watch the rest of the year. All right. So we can we can move on after next week. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, 
do you guys want to do a bless your heart this week or have we been miserable enough? Should we? Uh... I think we've gone a little long this week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair so enough. on that happy note. Well, thank you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in and we appreciate the audience and happy Thanksgiving guys. Enjoy the weekend. Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Go Washington football team. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week. <laughs>